This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That Delighted to be joined on Football CFB this evening by a man who's achieved a lot in football. He's played at Tottenham Hotspur and won domestic and European honours. He's played at Rangers and won a league title in Scotland. He also won promotion with Chelsea um, back, back when he was playing for them as well. Six England caps to his name too and a host of other uh, important and very interesting tales too. Graham Roberts, thank you for joining me. Pleasure. Nice, nice, nice to speak to you, Cam. The first thing I've, I want to ask you about is your starting football because you've had an illustrious career, but you started in non-league. How did how did non-league ground you as a player? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I was at Portsmouth and I got released. I broke my ankle and got released. I went to Dorchester Town, um, and they were a great, great club at the time. Uh, Dave Best, who was the ex-Ipswich man uh, goalkeeper, he was manager. Um, and I played for them for about 18 months and uh, all of a sudden sort of Weymouth came in for me and bought me from uh, Dorchester and I was at Weymouth for six months and Bill Nicholson found me and took me to Tottenham. Um, I could have gone to West Brom but I changed my mind and went to Tottenham and uh, yeah it was a good grounding it was sort of Having all the knockbacks from Southampton, Portsmouth, Bournemouth, um, you know, you, you, I just wanted to be to play football, and uh, you know, to go into non-league was was hard because I got a job in the meantime as a uh, in a uh, sort of oil rig, um, and uh, became sort of training and two nights a week getting home at one o'clock in the morning it, it made you grow up very very quickly and, uh, yeah it was a good good understanding um and I learned a lot from that and you know it just made me more determined to become a professional footballer. You, you mentioned that determination it gets you to Tottenham who are a, a massive club as, as we both know when you initially go in there what was the standard of training like going from playing in non-league to, to training with Spurs? Well, it was it was all right because um, I had the whole pre-season with them um, because when I joined, it was after the last game of the season and I went on tour with them to Austria, uh, played in the game out there and then um, we had the summer off. So while everybody was going on holiday in the summer, I decided I was going to train through and get my fitness levels up and uh and that's what I did um we went on holiday for two weeks and then for five weeks before I went back to to start at Tottenham I went running up in the woods and 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 doing you know getting my fitness levels up so that I knew when I went pre-season I would be you know three quarters fit so it was yeah it was okay 
When when you think of that Tottenham team, the, the team that wins the first FA Cup, uh, you think of Glenn Hoddle, you think of Ricardo Villa, you think of Ozzy Ardiles. We know how legendary those guys were on the pitch. What were they like in training each day? Oh, they're amazing, um, you know, to, to train with them. Um, and we're all good friends. And, uh, you know, the, it was just, you know, having to be on the same pitch as a World Cup winner, or two of them, and when you see Glenn Oddle in training, it's just unbelievable. Um, you know, so yeah, I was, a, you know, it was, it was, I wasn't overawed um, because I knew, you know, Bill Nickerson always said to me when he when he when he brought me to the club and 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 the manager Keith Burtonshaw, you know, we brought you here because of your strengths and what you do as a player. So don't change, you know, your your philosophies just go out and do what we you know what you can do and we know you'll be good enough and uh, at that time I was playing in midfield um, and it was very hard to get into Tottenham midfield you know you had Glenn Oddle, um, Ozzy Ardiles, Ricky Velia, Mickey Hazard you know you had loads and loads of players John Pratt was in there and you know so and all of a sudden, I, I, you know, I made my debut at right back. And then they decided they wanted me to play centre-back. And, uh, you know, I, I went into second centre-back and, and played there 99% of my career. And in terms of that, the first sort of main season at Tottenham, getting to the FA Cup final against Manchester City, an incredible achievement, and you go on to win the tournament, but... It goes to a replay for younger people like me. Just sum up what that was like when you know, to, to us, a final was a final, but back then it was different. Yeah, it was different um, because we played on the Saturday. Um, I lost three teeth on the Saturday um, where Chris Uton kicked me in the mouth. and um, So I wasn't the best. Um, but after, after the first game, when we drew 1-1, like we'd already booked the hotel to go there and have a party. So we decided the management and the, and the players decided why, you know, we wouldn't give that up. We'll go there and celebrate anyway. And uh, we went on the Saturday night there. We went back on the Sunday on the Monday. We got back into it to train Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And the, um, the replay was on the Thursday night. So, uh, yeah, it was it was different, um, but it was good. It was good to have it like that. You know, um, now it's all you know. You have penalty shootouts and things like that, so it's different. And in terms of that first real FA Cup success, what was that like for for you? Considering that back then the FA Cup was the the real showpiece. It was on television. Yeah. Everybody watched it. So did that make it extra special? Considering that you would have probably watched it growing up. I did watch it, yeah. I did watch, you know, every, I think every person, you know, who ever watched the cup final, it was, was the, you watched it from eight o'clock in the morning till six, seven o'clock if it was extra time. So, yeah, it was um, difficult. It was like, not difficult, but it was, it was an entertaining day. It was a whole day. Now it's sort of the FA Cup finals at five o'clock in the afternoon or 5 30. And it goes on to 8.30 and that's the end of it. You know, three hours where you, you had the cameras were with you from the time you woke up in the morning, walking around the gardens of the hotel, having breakfast, interviews. So, no, it was a special, special tournament. 
very special. Um, and to play in it, it was the 100th um, FA Cup final. Um, so that made it special. Um, and we was, you know, delighted to win it on the second chance. And you, you win it in 81 and then you, you find yourself back the way football goes in 82 against QPR. Yeah. How do you reflect on, on that success? Was it different to the first one because you'd been through the emotions before? No, it was just as exciting. Um, you know, we were probably known as the cup team then. Um, we should have won the league, I think, in 80. 83, 83 or 85, something like that. Um, no, but, you know, we were known as the cup team. We we got to semi-finals of, of European trophies. Um, so, yeah, we knew we had a good side. Um, I think the 82 side was probably better than the 81. We had a couple of changes. Um, so, yeah, we would, we, you know, we, would, we, we knew we had a decent side and we knew what we had to do. QPR played very well in the second half of the re. Well, it went to another replay on a Thursday night, and uh, but we got through. And I remember, I think we played sixty-six games. I think that sixty-seven games that season. So yeah, I played in most of them. So uh, yeah, it was it was a long old season. And in terms of your manager at the time, Keith Birkinshaw, what was he like? You, you mentioned Bill Nicholson bringing you to the club and he's such an icon of football. What, what was Keith like on a daily basis? Well, Keith was the manager. Um, Keith was the manager. Uh, Bill was a chief scout. Um, but Keith was, you know, terrific. He was like, when the day he left, he said there used to be a family at this football club. Um, there used to be a family club um, and that's gone now. And I think he's right, you know, the, the family atmosphere that you had at football club at Tottenham at that time, Keith Burtonshaw built with Bill Nicholson. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, he made sure that, you know, you didn't want for anything. Um, you know, you, you wasn't on a lot of money. Um, you, you were getting well paid, but you wasn't on, lot, not like the millions they get now. Um, but, you know, whatever the club could do to help, they would do. And, uh, yeah, and all he ever asked for was to give 100%, and that's what you gave. And in terms of the Tottenham at that time being known as the cup team, you go on to win the, the UEFA Cup in, in 84. They run to the final. You beat Drogheda United, you beat Feyenoord, you beat Bayern Munich, you beat Austria Vienna, and then Hadjuk split on the way to the final. What were those European away days like in the lead-up to that final? Because I imagine, as players, that's what you really loved and lived for. Yeah, oh, definitely. And, and and to win it in front of your own crowd just was the icing on the cake. Uh, the year before, we got knocked out by um, Bayern Munich. And uh, we knew that in 84, when we got drawn against them, that they wasn't going to beat us that year. And uh, we beat them 2-1. Um, we lost the year before to them 4-1. We beat them 2-1 the second year. When we beat them, we thought we had a really, really good chance of, of getting to the final. And everybody just believed in themselves. And... Uh, you know, the 2-2 draw in Austria, we beat them 2-0 at home. We went to Ajax split and we we lost 2-1 away and then Mickey Hazard scored the, win, the winner at home and we went through on away goals. And I think that was probably the hardest game we had in that tournament. And uh, then we played uh, Anderlecht and we should have beaten 4-5 over their place. 
Um, we come away with 1-1 and uh, when they scored and went 1-0 up at ours, it was a bit of a, hold on, this ain't supposed to happen. And, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to score the equaliser and then it went to penalties. And, yeah, to take the first penalty and put a bit of pressure on them um, was what we wanted. And I scored and, and they missed. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a great night. But to win it in front of your own crowd, there's nothing better than that. And just on that final, you mentioned scoring in the game itself. And I was I was interested there when you talk about hitting the first penalty. Was that something that was always clear you would do as a defensive-minded player, that yeah. you would step up? Yeah, I was the penalty taker. Um, I spoke to Keith and before the game and we said, look, if it does go to penalties, then and we won the toss. I would take the first penalty and... And if you scored a first penalty, which I was always confident of doing, it would put pressure on the other team. And that's what it did. And in terms of the FA Cup successes, we, they, they were incredible. But when you get European success, the UEFA Cup, does that feel extra special? Does it feel that a more momentous trophy to win, given that so many teams, you mentioned Bayern Munich and others, entered that tournament? Well, yeah, but don't forget the UEFA Cup then was... It wasn't the fifth, sixth, seventh teams in the yeah. leagues. It was the second, third, fourth teams in the league. So it's like the Champions League is now. It was those sort of teams in, in the competition. And it was a tough, tough old competition. Um, you know, there was no league where you, you played six games in a league basis. It was a knockout competition and you had to be up for it from day one. You know, there was no um, rankings and that. Bayern Munich were maybe top rank and they're playing Tottenham Hotspur, you know, who, who were probably second or third rank in it. So, yeah, it was um, it was a difficult competition, but we were always confident we could win. And uh, we did. And what a night it was as well. I bet the celebrations were incredible. Yeah. And, and then one player I want to ask you about, just thinking about celebrations and, and being a big character, Alan Brazil, what was he like as a footballer? Because again, so many people see him on radio as the big personality, but he was a very good player back in his day. He was a very good player. Um, Alan never, never wasn't in the squad that night. I think he might have been injured. Yeah. Um, so uh, he scored the two goals against um, uh, Austria Vienna in the quarterfinal. Um, and then I think he got one away from home as well. So uh, yeah, he, he played a big part in it, but I think he got in a, a nasty injury and he was pulled out. You know, that night um, we, we had a lot of injuries and uh, a lot of suspensions. But no, Alan was a was a fantastic for Ipswich. He was he was an amazing player. Um, when he came to Tottenham, I'm just not sure he settled in as well as he wanted to. And because we have Stevie Archibald, Garth Crooks, Mark Falco. And at Allen, there was four strikers fighting for two places. And, you know, maybe that didn't help as well. But no, he was an unbelievable player to play against when he played for Ipswich. And, you know, we were delighted. When he joined, we thought, well, this, is, this could take us to the league championship. And in terms of that era, you mentioned being the sort of cup side. When you look back... How frustrated are you that you didn't quite go over the line in the league? Because when, when you think of the names that I reeled off earlier, there's, and, and you named Archibald and others, it was an incredible Tottenham team. Well, it was from 82 onwards. Um, the team got better every year. 
Um, and I was fortunate to be there and, and keep my place. But you had to fight. Don't forget, in those days, there was only one substitution. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, so there was only one sub every week. So, you know, you had probably six or seven players not even playing and just playing in the reserves. So, yeah, it was a tough old club to, you know, tough old team to, to stay in. Um, yeah, we were disappointed. We felt one year, Everton won it. I think it was 85. Um, we were chasing and... and we, you know, it was us and them. And then we, I think we had to play 11 games in 18 days because of the, uh, it was a, it was a cold winter and we were in every competition that you could think of right to the final, you know, depths of it. And yeah, it, it caught up with us. And I, I played in all 11 games and by the end of it, it was tough. It was a tough old uh, 18 days. <laughs> Especially when you consider players want to rest after just a couple of games well, in a week now. Yeah, well, we played, I remember us, we played Saturday, had Sunday off, played Monday, had Tuesday off, played Wednesday, had Thursday off, played Friday and Saturday, just to get through, to get, get it through to the end of the season. During that success, um, you mentioned Ipswich there. You you broke into the England squad who were managed by Alan's former manager yeah. at Ipswich, Sir Bobby Robson. What was he like to, to work with? And also, how proud were you to, to pull on those three lines? Well, I remember getting picked. Um, we were in Trinidad on a tour. And Peter Shreves came and said, look, you've been picked for England. Congratulations. Um, when you get back, you go and join up with them. It was the end of the season. And uh, I was absolutely delighted because I remember going to watch England play. Peter Shilton was in goal, and I think it was the Poland game when they drew 1-1, and Poland knocked England out and uh, the, the World Cup qualifier. Norman Hunter fell over the ball on the halfway line, and uh, I was a ball boy behind the goal when that goal went in. And wow. uh, it was nice to be picked and be able to play on, on that pitch. And, you know, I'd played on it for the FA Cup finals and all that, but to get picked for England was, was an amazing achievement. Yeah, I'm really very, very proud of that. Well, what's it like when you go away with the England side of that era? The, obviously, club football, you know everyone, you're there day in, day out. What's it like when you go away with a national team and there's players from different clubs and, and some other big personalities as well? Yeah, but no, because you play against them most weeks, you know, everybody knows everybody. And then when you meet up, you know, everybody's, talking and, and and having a chat and laugh and you know Brian Robson was a captain and you, you'd have a pint of beer on the first night and you'd get into it and Ray Wilkins was there who I knew Ray very very well um, yeah so you know they made you welcome your first trip you know there was a few things that they did but <laughs> you put up you just you just had to get on with it and uh you know, they were all great, great lads and we've all stayed mates ever since. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a great time. I, I only got six caps because I ruptured my appendicitis in Brazil and uh, I never got back in the team after that. Um, but I did play for the B team against New Zealand and Captain England. So, yeah, I, I, you know, it was a, a great, great, great time for me.
success at Tottenham, trophies, international recognition. You then uh, joined Rangers in, in 1986, Graeme Souness' revolution. What was it like coming up to Rangers at that time? Because they, they built such an incredibly strong team with players from England like yourself, Terry Butcher, Chris Woods and, and many others as well over the years. Yeah, I think the gaffer, Souness, he, he sold it. He didn't need to sell it to me because I was a Rangers fan anyway before. Um, but for him to come in and buy me and, and believe in me um, was was great. Um, I think, you know, over the two years I was there, 18, 18 months, 19 months, whatever it was, um, I tried to give everything I ever had for the football club. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't good when they got rid of me. I wasn't happy about it. But, you know, having spoken to Graham since... Um, you know, he, he, he told me the reason why, and I just wish he would have told me the reason why when he did it. But that's, you know, that's what a manager is there for. He has to, he has to win trophies. You know, you've got lots of managers these days that don't win trophies and they're out of jobs. So, you know, Graham knew what he was doing. We had a great bunch of lads. Um, I, I turned up and I think we were six points, eight points behind Celtic. And within two weeks, we'd overtaken him. And uh, that's not down to me. That's down to good management and 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 the way we played. And, uh, yeah, so I loved every minute I played there. Um, if I could play now, I'd go back there. It's not a problem, you know. Um, but I, I'm watching them now, and I think Steven Gerrard's doing exactly the same as what Sue done. And, and, and just, just on playing for Rangers, the, the size of club that they are, Whenever you go to any away match, as you know, you, you're the, the big hitter and everyone wants to sort of take you down a peg. Is that the sort of uh, club and the environment that you felt that you flourished in because you were everyone's yeah. top dog? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, we're, we're, you know, wherever, like we talk about Rangers, wherever Rangers play in Scotland, it's the other team's cup final. You know, I, I think Rangers have it very, very hard um, because when Celtic go to certain clubs, they don't try as hard as they do when Rangers go. And, and everybody, you can see that. And when we joined, everybody wanted to beat us. Uh, and I think because of the quality we had and, and the mentality of the, of the English lads coming up, that built into the Scottish lads, and we had a winning mentality then. We wasn't going to lose. It didn't matter who we played. We wasn't going to lose. And if we did lose, we'd pick ourselves up the following week. So, yeah, it was, you know, the manager knew what he was doing. He knew what characters we had. And, you know, it just went from strength to strength after that. Without taking you into sort of incidents over the years, what were those games against Celtic like? Because you've played in many derby matches, but what are those games like in particular? Yeah, I played twice. I played in goal. Um, <laughs> You know, once Chris Woods got sent off and the next one he got carried off. Um, yeah, they, they were the best best games in the world to play. You know, any derby you play, right? Tottenham, Arsenal, Rangers, Celtic, you know, everybody wants to play in those games because they're the biggest games and, and they're the best games. And uh, yeah, it was no, no different for me. Um, I wanted to play in every, you know, all those big games and, and they are special, you know, the atmosphere, 
you know you don't want to let the fans down. You know when you win, them fans are happy for oh, 10 weeks, something like that, and then till you play them again. So, you know, it, it's a vital game to win. Any derby is a vital game to win, but Rangers and Celtic is very, very special. And when you look back at that 18, 19 months over the piece, the league title, the league cup, although maybe you didn't stay at Rangers for as long as you would have wanted personally, you must still look yeah. back with real fondness and what you achieved in that short spell. Yeah, definitely. And I have to thank all the fans, you know, when I'm, when I'm in Glasgow or I go to dinners, you know, I'm treated like, I suppose, a god. You know, they, they love you and and because of what you gave gave them. And hopefully, you know, they were pleased with what we gave them. And, uh, you know, Rangers have been out of it for a while and and, and Sunes came and he wanted to win trophies and, and that's what he did. And, you know, I was part of that and, you know, I loved every minute of it. And I think, I think they recognised me for conducting the singing. I think that's more than anything. I think, you know, that that made their day having been two nil down and come back two two and conducting the singing i think uh, that goes down in a lot of rangers fans memory after rangers you you joined chelsea it was a different chelsea era as such they were trying to get back to the top flight how do you reflect yeah. on your time there because again you you go there and you do the business you get chelsea to where they, they inevitably wanted to get to yeah they, they, like they got relegated that the year I went there and, uh, you know, they, they made me the captain. Um, I felt when I went in there, there was a bit of sort of not togetherness in there. You know, it was a bit of them and us. And so we had to stop that. And then once we stopped that and the first six games we played, I think we picked up five points, four or five points. Um, we had a chat. And we all got together and I think we went from September I don't know, 15th, 16th, something like that, right the way through to March without getting beat. And that's what brings success. And, uh, you know, we won the league comfortably. We got 99 points, 99 goals. I actually scored, I think I scored 17, 18 goals yep. that season then. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, you know, some Chelsea fans like me, some don't, but that's the way life is, you know. Um, because I'm a Tottenham person, a lot of Chelsea fans don't forgive me for that, but that's where I was brought up and I've always been a Tottenham fan. So, uh, no, but I did enjoy my time at Chelsea. Um, I, we, you know, we got them back to where they wanted to be and uh, Ken Bates sold the club a few, I don't know, about five, ten years later and look where they are now. Absolutely, and you're right, when you look back at, at that era, it's very quick how, they, as you say, you can go from that era right into the Abramovich era 10 or 15 uh, years later. In terms of your later years in your career before you retired from playing, how do you reflect on those when you'd obviously a spell at West Bromwich Albion and a few others? Yeah, I had like, a friend of mine, Brian Talbot, um, asked me to go and play there. Um, so I went there for 18 months. Brian got Brian got sacked after six weeks, so he left me there by myself. Um, but I was also, when I was at West Brom, I was going to be, uh, David Holmes had left Rangers and went and bought, I think it was Dundee, 
and uh, I was coming towards the end of my contract and um, he asked me if I'd go and manage Dundee, which I agreed to. Um, and then Bobby Gould took over at uh, West Brom and he told me that he, when he first took over, he said, look, if you can get a club, you can go. And then when Dundee came in, I was actually in the team, West Brom team at that time and playing really, really well, he wouldn't let me go. And so Dundee went and got um, the lad that used to be at uh, QPR and uh, uh, Stainrod, Simon Stainrod, and he went as their manager. And a week later, I'd snapped my Achilles. And uh, so I was out and um, West Brom didn't get any money from me. And my mate, Ozzy Ardilis, took over and released me from West Brom. So, yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> it was a bad couple of months, that was. In terms of your, your life after football, you go into coaching, you've coached in the UK, you've coached abroad. One game in particular, I know you've been asked a million times, Clyde yeah. against Celtic, Roy Keane's making his debut. You know what it was like, the media attention on that game, Keane's came to Celtic. As someone who yeah. played at Rangers, um, you mentioned the fact earlier you're a Rangers supporter. That, that, that must be a game and a memory that, that you're very proud of. Yeah, it was probably the best game of my manage, managerial life. Um, you know, because about three or four weeks before that, we played Rangers at Ibrox um, in the League Cup. And we took them to extra time and we lost 5-2 in extra time. Um, but we were 2-1 up with about eight minutes to go. Um, and when we got drawn against Celtic, I, I, I sat down with my friends and I said, we're going to beat these. And they all started laughing. And I said, no, we're going to beat them. And I'm going to make sure we beat them. I'm going to go and watch them. I went and watched four games they played in before we played them. I drove to Inverness. I drove to Motherwell. I went all over the place watching them. And, the, and when they picked the team on the day, they had a strong, strong side out. Um, and Roy Keane, Roy Keane hadn't played for about six, eight weeks. So I said to my, my team, just get out there, work hard, run around, close people down, because they, they'll expect you to drop off and give them all the space and Roy Keane can show all his tricks. And we got in amongst them. And the youngsters that I had, like, I think we had, most of them were under 21. And, uh, you know, we, we had, on that day, we scored two great goals. We had three goals disallowed. We missed the penalty and we hit the bar three times. And when we won that night, it was probably the happiest night of my life. I had two days off following it because of the media and all that. Um, I don't think Clyde got the recognition they should have got for that because when Berwick Rangers beat, I think Berwick Rangers beat Rangers, it was yeah. like, you know, um, but because we beat Celtic, it would, yeah, they, they, it was headlines, but it, you know, nobody ever brings it up and says about like Rangers and Berwick Rangers. Um, no, but it was a fantastic achievement by the boys. Um, and a lot of them could have gone a lot higher than what they are now and, and what they did then. Um, but 
no, it, it was an amazing day. Um, I'll never, ever forget it. And I have to say, when Roy Keane walked off, he said, oh, the better team won. And yeah, that's all you can ask for. Absolutely. And and it's a game that I know Celtic played, played last year and, and people were, were talking about it again. And when you look back, as you see it, the Celtic team that day, an incredible achievement. Oh, it was an amazing team, yeah. It was an amazing team. They had all the stars out and, you know, sort of... But I thought, you know, on the day, if we played to our strengths and we played to our ability, because they were all good football players, the youngsters, we'd have too much energy from, and we did. And uh, the referee marked up two goals, and the linesman, there was, there was an offside. So, you know, I look at it and say, well, we beat them 2-1, but really we beat them 5-1. <laughs> that's how I look at it. Just a few quick ones before I let you go, Graham, and thanks for no being problem. so generous with your time. Um, best players you played with? Oh, Glenn Oddle, um, Brian Robson, um, Terry Butcher. I love playing with Terry. Um, you know, there's so many. I think the gaffer was brilliant. Sooness, Ray Wilkins. You know, you could go through millions and millions of them, but no, there was some, you know, Stevie Perriman at Tottenham. Um yeah, there was there was loads loads of players. And in terms of the teams you played for on international level, are there any players that stand out to you as maybe being underrated by the fans? But as professionals, you fully appreciated them. But as I say, maybe the fans didn't fully appreciate them for whatever reason. No, not really, because I think you know myself and Paul Miller, we were at the back for for Tottenham. Um, Paul Miller was very underrated, very very good player strong, powerful, um, and he never got the recognition that he deserved because we had, I think one year we went 1,200 minutes without conceding a goal. Well, that's a lot of minutes. It's just like 18, 20 games. Um, so, yeah, it, it, you know, those sort of players, you, you need those players in your team. You can have all your superstars, but you also need the... Uh, the, the hard-working players, and uh, we had a great understanding, me and myself and Paul. Um, toughest opponents? What, team? Team or players? Or, yeah, yeah, I think Liverpool and Dalgleish, Rush. Um, I played against Platini for France. Uh, very tough player to play against. Um, yeah, Rummenigge for uh, Germany. Uh, he played for Bayern Munich. Uh, but listen, that's what you're out there for. You have to play against the best and show them that you're the best. So that's what I tried to do. I, I was never frightened to play against any player because I think if you have fear, then you're not going to be the player you are. In terms of the coaches you had, is there any? Is there a particular one that stands out for you as having the greatest uh, impact on you personally? Yeah, I think Peter Shreves and Walter Smith. I think, you know, Walter was very, very good. Um, you know, you had a good cop and a bad cop. And um, he was the, sometimes he was a good cop. Sometimes he might have been the bad <laughs> one. But, um, Peter Shreves was very good. Um, you know, tactically, he was very good at Tottenham. Um, no, so, yeah, you know, those two were a big influence on my career. The last question I've got for you, based on your love of Tottenham, you're still got an association with the club now. 
you played at White Hart Lane for all those years. Just what was your reaction when you walked out at the new stadium for the first time? Because it's it looks magnificent. Oh, it's a, it's, a, it's an amazing stadium. Um, I don't get our players can't give their all on that pitch for Tottenham. Um, it's it's an absolutely amazing place. I've got to say that the old stadium was better because of more atmosphere. Um, when it, when the old stadium was rocking, it was rocking. This one, not because of the pandemic as well, it's not really got going yet, but it will do. Um, once we get back, I think it'll be a different, you know, different attitude there. But uh, it, I've got to say it's the best stadium I've ever been to in my life. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Brilliant. Graham, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. Pleasure, mate. All the best.